folks, welcome back to the Anthony Gordon Show. Is on a number of, of levels, today's show and today's guest is exceptionally special and nostalgic for me. Just let me give you folks uh, a little context. The humble beginnings growing up in South Africa uh, before arriving on the hallowed shores here of the United States. The, um, from the time the curtain came down when I finished my first law degree in South Africa until I began my studies at Harvard Law School, I spent a lot of quality time with our very special guest, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Solly Crock. And in the eight or so months that I worked extremely closely with Solly and his late twin brother, A.B., safe to say that the besides business and besides life, the underpinning of what I think we're going to touch on today is a certain attitude, which is, um, the, I think, the difference between those that are going to be victims and those that are going to be victors. A very dear friend, um, someone who I think will speak to the thesis of the Anthony Gordon Show, and I'm also very proud to uh, have participated on a panel a discussion this morning, which is the, the launch of a charity chari initiative, the brainchild of Solly. We're going to touch on that because uh, it's something that is close to my heart and I'd like to bring to the hearts and souls of our audience here in the United States. Solly, it's a tremendous pleasure and honor. Welcome to the Anthony Gordon Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Okay. So I, I, I tell you, uh, before we went on air, I said um, something which I'd like to uses our start. The catalyst to the launch of the Anthony Gordon show was every year for several years, myself, Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager had shared the stage at a number of retreats. And Dennis actually was the catalyst and said, you know, Anthony, you um, have a unique sort of uh, ingredient in as much as you have a spiritual side to you. You've been to the the Ivy League uh, hallowed halls, you've been in business, you're in the Jewish world, you're in the charity world. They, so you have sort of a bird's eye view and there's a lot of people in pain. There are hundreds of thousands of millennials leading lives of quiet desperation. And to have a podcast where we're able to share life wisdom, to be able to uh, look at life and hopefully give the tools and ideas that they don't know university teachers is what the premise is. So there's, in my opinion, very few people that are better suited to be there, being that you've spent over nine decades on this planet called Earth. So for our listeners, here's what I'd like to do. Can you share with us, if you will, a little bit about your journey from the humble beginnings and take us through until you started at least having your first break, if you will, in, six, in business. And we'll press pause there and we'll We'll drill down a little bit. You want me to start talking now? Yeah, I'd like you. I'd like you to try and because I'd like the, the listeners to get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to give you the podium, and if you'll share us a little bit about your humble beginnings until you started seeing a little bit of success. Okay, let me. I was born in 1929, the 28th of May, 1920. That period was the Great Depression, where people yeah. were jumping off skyscrapers, having lost their money in the stock exchange. Of right. course. And but I was actually an indirect freak because when my mother had just come out from Lithuania, Rakushik, and yeah. she was in South Africa, obviously about 12, 13 months, and I was born. Lo and behold, my mother didn't know that she was carrying a twin brother. <laughs> and what, 
And, and 19 hours later, my twin brother was born, A.B. Wow. And, I, and, and, and to prove the point, South Africa was still a small country those days. I think it had about 10 million sure. people. And uh, the hospital was called the Queen Victoria Hospital in Hospital Hill, Johannesburg area. Anthony knows what I'm talking about, the territory. Oh, for anyway. sure. And uh, the hospital themselves went and recorded the birth in, in Pretoria. Where everything happened in Pretoria. It was a wow. small country. So to prove that, so my brother was born 19 hours after me, and we got separate birthdays. It was like a freak, freak arrangement. Those days they didn't know. And, and, and the doctor that delivered was a doctor called Gordon Grant. He was a famous gynecologist there, yeah. but he didn't have the technology that he has today. And when they called him back, he arrived with a 1929 Ford motor car to deliver my twin brother. <laughs> and for, and for years, my twin brother used to say, he was the gentleman. He said, after you, sir. So I said to my twin brother, A.B., I said, A.B., I was, I was brave enough to leave the, the comfort of your mother's womb and, and experience the world out there. And I, and I asked for you after, so I, I paved the way. <laughs> but, okay, but, but in a way, my twin brother and I were inseparable. We looked yeah. identically alike in most cases. Yeah. My mother, mother said when we were small people, she used to run after us. We were good looking in that those days, those young kids. Nothing's and, changed. Yeah. And, and what, I was, I was, what, I, what I was blessed with, my, my mother and my father, First of all, let me just say this. My father wouldn't marry my mother until my mother's brother agreed to marry my, my father's sister. That's what wow. happened. And what happened to his brother called Ellie. He was conscripted by the Lithuanian army, and they never saw him again. Wow. And my, my father was exceptionally devoted to his sister. When, when, in 1939, fast forward a little, 1939, I was about 10 years old, and, and the war broke, and, had, and my father begged his sister and her husband, to leave, to leave Lithuania, come to South Africa, and he'll organize them. They, they said, no, we're making panosana, we're making a live, we don't want to come. A lesson behold, they were massacred in the Holocaust. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the, the two little children, of my father, it, it hurt my father for years on that. Where was Hashem? How did Hashem allow it to yeah. happen? He, but he loved his sister extraordinarily. Can you imagine him saying to my mother, wow. uh, I'm not going to marry unless your sister marries my brother. It's unbelievable. So anyway, so, so fast forward is, so, but, 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 the, but the lessons I want to talk about is, and the inspirations you get, where does it all start? It starts from the home. Oh. Unfortunately, there's examples. And, and the home also has to show example, 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 and inspiration. Let me just tell you one little incident about example, example, oh. example, which I use. Um, I asked one of the famous Pilching brothers, they now passed away, they were rabbis also, they passed away. I said, what must I teach my children? They said, example, example, example. Let me go backwards. This. My father and my mother drummed into my head to, to give Tzitoku, to be humble, be immense. What you do for somebody else, you're actually benefiting and, and, and reaping the rewards yourself. So there was a mentor always locked into my head. So one day I said to my dad, Remember, what we, we, my dad had a little uh, department store in the south of Johannesburg, the street called Augusta Road. And, had a, yeah. and of, of all the traders in that whole street, all were Jewish, except the Greek cafe. And in those days in South Africa, the Portuguese dominated the fruit and vegetable market. So, the, so my, my dad opened the sh shop there and he drummed into him. So one day I was sitting with my daddy. There's no, in South Africa, a movie house is called Bioscope. Oscar. I said to my dad, I said, Daddy, please give AB and me five shillings or two shillings, whatever the money was, very small. It was all in, in, in pounds and pesos. We right. want to go into a movie house. And the movie house, went, uh, it was about an hour's, hour's walk away from there anyway. 
or with donkey dropping a bicycle. You know, I'd be sitting on, on the pedaling. <laughs> so anyway, so I said, Daddy, please give us, and I begged him. So my dad says, and what about buying an ice cream? I said, Daddy, we've got a solution for that. Don't worry, Daddy. I said, he said, when the, when the usher comes down the aisle with a tray and Charlie's hanging the ice creams and the soup mature, I said, I wait till there's a lot of people around the, the, the kiosk of the, of the, of the, of the usher carrying these things on the tray. And I slip my hand in and I take an ice cream and a chocolate. I don't pay for it. So I only need, I only need a shilling to get into my, so my dad said, is that so? He said, he gave me the biggest hiding of my life. <laughs> I remember this like yesterday. Can you imagine if his, if his example in life and inspiration was, oh, you're clever, my son. You can be, I would have been the biggest gunner. Everything, <laughs> so everything starts from home. And it includes how you, how you, example to your kids, how you inspire the kids. Okay, sometimes you also have to understand, which maybe I was bad at that. Each mm-hmm. child is, I had six, I had six children. Each sure. child is different. Sure. And you can't legislate for them one, one, they can't all be rabbis, six or so. Maybe <laughs> some Chabad rooms with that. So that's one of the first lessons I learned. And then, then my father used to say to me, he used to say, you know, you should rather be in your own business. Always be in your own business. Even if you earn half a loaf of bread, it's your own bala boss. So, of course, that, that meant stuck stuck with me always. So let me it translate that for, I'll translate for the American audience. What Solly is saying uh, is to be your own boss so that you can you can really pioneer your own destiny as opposed to be beholden to to, uh, to somebody yeah. else. Sorry, go yeah. ahead, go. So, so anyway, as we grew up older, we matriculated that my dad found one of the pharmacies in the area and my brother was indentured to a chemist shop in the village and your street. You might remember that area. Sure. It was a bus, bus terminal for them. And he got hold of an accounting firm and I became an accountant. And mm-hmm. my brother often said to me while he was in, under apprenticeship, those days, it wasn't a university course, it was a technical college. My brother, and around the corner from the chemist shop, in your street, was the village street. And the, the managing director of, the, of this operation Yep. And uh, there was it was the editor of a magazine, a paper called the Transvaller. And for Vervoort was the was the it was the editor and the bishop. And my brother used to deliver medicine to Vervoort. So he said, if he knew what he was going to be about, he would have delivered him poison. Again, for the American audience, Vervoort was the was really the the, the brainchild and the master plan of the apartheid system. Yeah. Anyway, so so that so eventually my my, my brother's boss was a guy Henry. Henry Henry Mosque, he had a yep. second branch. He opened up a branch in New York Street of, in a building called Allen Mansions. It was actually, the building was actually owned by the Cook family that were actually undertaken. Uh, when, he got, when, when Henry Mosque got a, ch- a, a child was born to him, he was yep. actually a famous musician also. Henry, Henry. He said he can't handle both shops. So he said to my twin brother, look, I'm going to sell the shop. I'd saved up in the account. Those days was about three pounds a month. I saved up money and I said, I can said to my brother, let's buy this chemist shop. So wow. we bought this chemist shop in New York Street, New York Street, uh, Janusburg. New York Street is a traffic area where a lot of blacks go towards the, 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 the station, the station right. adjacent to the, to the area, New York Street. Mm-hmm. So we bought, we, we bought a shop and we discovered that in the shop themselves, they, were, they, had, they, was, they was marketing medicines and, and, and marketing to hawkers to promote the products. Okay. A hawker, a hawker is... They, they would buy the, the, the so we cottoned out to the idea. Our big bay coming business, and so I'll, I'll paraphrase it just now. Why is is that the biggest selling creams in South Africa for the black market was yep. skin lightening creams, properly formulated, formulated. The first lot, and and and, and the product range was dominated by two companies, one called Buta, 
owned by a Jewish firm, but the biggest seller was a Korean Creams organized in, in the Lichtenberg area yep. by an Afrikaans family. They outsold everybody. And what happened yet, the, the black population at that stage wanted to be lighter. They believed if they were lighter, they would be able to get jobs better. It was right. built in them. So what happened was, Next door, and the right. gentleman is still the gentleman is still alive, living in Los Angeles. I, I should have told him super his name was. There was two shops in that comp, three shops in the complex. Right. And the one shop was was uh, an optician, Selvin Super. His name was. I remember. And around the, yeah, and there, he lives in LA. Yeah. And around the around the corner from that shop was a Dr. Rosenberg. Dr. Rosenberg okay. had, had a huge practice, and he used to they used to queue up there, and he used to give them a bottle of colored water and an injection. The blacks loved to be an injection. So, but they then decided to also go into the cosmetic market to compete with Karoo Creams and Butane. Karoo Creams okay. was an incredible seller. The average black person would go into a chemistry and buy a Karoo Cream for the night, and sometimes they'd match it with Pond's Vanishing Cream to make it for daytime. So the night cream would, and all they'd have other combinations. So Super and, and Rosenberg, they, they took their name Super, as they from the optician, and they hyphenated with a rose in the middle, and they took half of Rosenberg, and it became Super Rose. Super Rose. Oh wow! Yeah. Super, yeah. Anyway, so what, roughly, what year? What year was this? Just for so we got a sequence of events. Nineteen fifty-two, fifty-three. Okay. Well, maybe yes, maybe even 51, 50, 51. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about a long time now. How many, how many years is that now? Way before 70? my time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they couldn't go anywhere with that project. They, they didn't have the marketing skills. I didn't even know it was where it was manufactured. Out. So they said to me, for a thousand pounds, Solly. You can have this product range. So I grabbed the product, I paid them a deposit, and Super, uh, super now still makes a joke, Solly Crystal owes me 100 pounds. <laughs> Anyways, so how do we market a product against stiff competition? Yep. This is a business lesson I want to, I want to, I want to share with the world here. Sure. Is that how, do we, how do we compete? Also, because we had, we, our cash flows when we started the business was, wasn't heavy, so I used to go to auctions. I had to buy everything on auction, and I had one one weakness or strength, I would, I would always want to win at the auction, even if I overpaid. And there's a whole lot so, of other uh, stores. I'm going. Just pressing pause because I want to uh, keep the thread here. It's safe to say, Solly, for our audience, that you, you came from financially extremely humble beginnings, correct? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, my father was comfortable. We never was short, but he, he wasn't a state to. I came to, when we bought the shop, he came to renovate it, and he was shocked that we did it. Anyway, so now now we now I bought the Super Rose range. Okay. Yeah. How do we how do we I compete? Luckily, I went to an auction because AJ North at the time they had Pons Vanishing Cream. It's also a big selling serving. Yeah. And I went there and I found a lotion, FDA approved lotion to, for, called for skin complexion. They had okay. a formula in there, FDA approved. I said to him, "Wow, this sounds incredible." Remember now, we're not making head, headway with it. With the skin lighting product and the and and the vanishing cream, okay. we're making minimal headway, even with agents. So I go there and I said, let's let's take this this, this lotion. We yep. see the bottle, we see it's FDA approved and everything. So I said to him, let's let's use this. Maybe please mix some hydroquinone into it to give it a, like a skin lighting impact and add it onto it. And we started that. Then we learned one lesson in the early days to market the product. Never mind just advertising. We decided sample, sample, sample. Because we're lucky that the bus station was near us and the black station was there. The, the light, the, Sample. So, we, so you're giving out free samples? You were giving out free, and we told me. And all of a sudden, one day, it was, it was Louis, I forgot the name for a minute. He had, uh, his father lived in Vidbank. His okay. father orders a hundred, 
that six months after we lost it, the samples are working in our tube. It's it going to order for the abnormal quantity, a hundred dozen of the product in, in Whitbank, which is about right. 40 miles from Johannesburg. So I said to myself, oh my gosh, I went out to see him. Whew, I couldn't believe it. So I said, it looks like we got to it. But let me tell you. This, this was your product. first major order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides some hawkers. And yeah. we, we, we enticed hawkers to sell our medicines and other things. We said, if you can't, if you can't sell it, we will return it for you. You can't lose money. That was our right. thing. Okay. That's a guarantee. So anyway, yeah. So all of a sudden we see this product take off. But we made a most incredible decision that most people don't even understand. We did not run down the opposition. We didn't That's say it. our creams are better. What all we said was, when you choose your famous creams, what you're using, but before you apply that cream on, cleanse your face with superasm pimple complexion lotion. Meaning the, the what, the, the competitor? Or, or, or I said, buy any famous product you amazing. like. But before, before you use the product, Cleanse your face with our, our cleanser, Supra's Pimple. It wasn't existing on the market. Amazing. You know that within, within a few years, we dominated the market at 90% odd, and we created brands to compete with them. It was such a lesson for life. We'll take an example in, in common life. The Somebody people made a fortune of money from cell phones. Yep. They make adults, they make other they, they don't own the cell phone, but they, they piggyback it. So my lesson yet to people that listen to me, piggyback on a successful product, find an angle, how to, how to piggyback and create your own version. But this, and this was the most, you can't believe the, the fact it was huge in producing, can imagine controlling 95% of the market. And, and that was because the principle I'm telling everybody, sometimes you can, you can create a business by piggybacking on a successful product, find an angle, how to add on. Does that, does that mean don't reinvent the wheel or find something that's successful and just make a slightly different, different little angle? Don't knock, in that particular, we did not knock the opposition. Knock the opposition, don't use it. We didn't say, use it, it's not good, it's bad. It's not. We said, use your favorite key, what you need, but please use my product. For example, just currently what I've, 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 I'm backing out to this current. Oh, take, your, take your time. Yeah, is that I've invested in date syrup. Now, I don't have your audience knows what I'm talking about. 90% of the people I talk don't know about date syrup. It's a 3,000, 4,000-year-old product, famous in Israel, famous yeah, in the Middle I'm East, familiar. famous in North Africa. Yeah. Now, I've asked people, they know what it's about. So I got involved in, in financing it. That keeps me young and, 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 and active. But what I discovered with a young lady, I said, let's not knock everybody. We're calling it Miss Sweetheart. Don't knock everybody. We're just launching now. That's Don't fantastic. knock everybody. Just tell everybody for energy level, put it into your coffee, put it in your tea, put it in your baking, put it in your every, it's a thousand and one uses because it's sugar-free. It's, natu- it's a natural product, sugar-free. 100%. So, it's available for vegans. It's, it's sweet. It's healthy. It gives you energy. So the point I'm still making there, Don't- rather than... Rather than knock the opposition, don't buy this stuff. We say, use your famous product, peanut butter, whatever you want. Just add a drop of, uh, of, That's of great. Uh, in, in baking with bakers and everything. So it's just the same thing, the same argument about so The lesson is, and I think, that is, is, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do this thing, piggybacking on a successful product without criticizing it. In other words, you're winning the faithful customer. If the faithful customer likes the career cream that I mentioned, or, or career and pond cream, don't knock them. Just use my clean your face first before night and before in the morning. And that oh. became such a huge huge and, and, and the tip also yeah, is sample, sample, sample. Because you get, people get addicted to samples also. So so, so, so that was that. So anyway, so our, so our pharmaceutical business grew eventually. We we quoted it eventually. And 
we had family. I saw the, uh, maybe I'm not going to pass some comments, but, but often in, in a business, and I'm thankful for families that have got families and it becomes second generation, third generation with cousins, yep. second cousins. Yep. The rainmaker must at least have 51% because you've, my, sure. my twin brother and I, we had 50, 50, I wouldn't do a thing. But when second and third generation come into the show, it's yep. a different ball game. 100% anyway, my- so, so I'm just, I'm not telling people what to do, but, but I think that the rainmaker or the maker of the should have 51% at least called some of the shots. Preaching for sure to the choir. I think, you know, Solly, I was close to the Tish family when the late Larry Tish and his brother Bob passed on. It's a whole different ball game because the guy who's emotionally connected, it's his baby. He's got the relationships. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to pass to the next generation. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but also I just want to say something also to you. Sure. You know, my father was taught me a lot of things in my life. Yeah. He said, Said my son, oh, I didn't tell you first what he said, but I'll tell you just now. He says, Who drowns in the sea? So I look at him, my dad. I said, The weak swimmer. He says, No, my son, the confidence swimmer. He goes too far out and can't come back. It's the same in business. There's case after case in, in South Africa. You get, no, to happen to me, too. you get over, overconfident, you can yep. do anything. Very and and, and if, if you haven't got the right manager, also, you must actually appoint management that are cleverer than you. But I made a lot of mistakes that way when I. So it's I've very everything myself, and so you. So a lot of ventures that I did. And so, so, so obviously, but you also, you, you, but you also, you also could accept failure. Sure. Life. I mean, you must get up from the floor and 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 uh, get up and fight another day. And I coined a phrase called "I'm holding my book up." This book was done twenty years I ago, and the, one of the slogans says, "Yeah, no, roller coaster of life. It's up, it's down. What's Ride the, the challenge." I love that quote. What's the book called, Sonny? It's my own original. The, the book we have, it's called The Tales of the Two Crocodiles, where we launched Goldie City. I think I remember. It's all those, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we only, I only printed this book 20 years later uh, uh, when we had our 90th birthday. When I had my brother was dead. I think we should reprint it on Amazon. There's some absolute... Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. It was written by a, a writer that, that I worked with. So, his, his, his name is Goldstuck. Can you give give our listeners because I know the, again the, the type of things that people have you know written in and enjoy. Can you give us one or two important life lessons that you learned from failure that you learned from the fa- and as you said, there's no one who gets through this journey in life without uh, without falling flat a few times. Well, I, I mentioned overcomes is one of the major problems for people in business. You yeah, think so, you're invincible, so you can make decisions. You take on decisions. And, and look, what are you going to do in life? What the whole business essence is you got to do? There are millions of ideas in the trademark offices locked in the way. I've never seen the light of that because yeah. the inventor can't execute. So 100%. I tell everybody, you got to do three things, execute, execute, execute. Yeah. But that means you must raise the capital, you must have proper management. Yeah. But without execution, the ideas die. So you listen to ideas. The patent office has never seen the light of day. So. I- I like I like your profile. Your, your picture is smiling at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so execution is key, is key. Don't uh, be too overconfident. Surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. Um, okay, so continue the story and and help us understand how you began to pivot a little bit. Look at other businesses, soccer teams, spreading your you know outside of what the your first real break was, which was clearly in the cosmetic business. Yeah, well, I think just uh, 
I mean, just on the sideline, because you you were part of that. When, sure. we, when AB became partners with, uh, with the soccer team called Sundowns yeah. at the time. Yeah, very much and, part you know, of it. You were down there. And then we had, and all of a sudden, I will tell you the story just now about Summer Place. All, all of a sudden, over the years, our office was at Summer Place. I'll mention it just another minute. Sure. Um, but Tris Motsev used to come every day to your office. He wanted to buy the soccer team. You, you'd already gone to, to, to America, to, to, I remember. What year did you live? I left in 89, the end of 89. So that's 11, 32 years ago. Yeah. I can still count. Amazing. <laughs> and he came and eventually we sold it, we sold it to Patrice Motsepi. Yeah. But just on the sideline, our people work. Patrice Motsepi, very nice guy. Yeah. He's got colored skin. His great grandfather was a Scotchman. Anyway, okay. he's a real jail. And he believes, he doesn't believe in BBE, which is the worst curse. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's black empowerment that you give them points that, that that's a curse I mean you've got to got to believe in meritocracy like Singapore sure. does and all that yeah anyway we, so we sold we, we, we sold it to him so then uh, uh, I'm just mentioning on the side of it Patrice Motsepi um, he was he was a lawyer qualified lawyer and he worked yeah. with forgot the firm at the moment at the moment and and he was, he was the, the law firm was acting for Anglo-American so one of the Anglo-Americans said Patrice we're looking for a, we're looking for somebody to take over four of our losing Mines and the, the four losing mines is it's about 40 million rand. You can pay the person can pay it off as 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 it as he earns money because we just don't need those lines. So Patrice says, I'll take it, I'll buy it. Right. He bought really? he bought he bought and that became a, a, a billion dollar empire for him afterwards. But he was a real gentleman, a great guy. No, phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just mentioning on this side, anyway. So I was, I was, let me come back to, to the super story and that how we marketed ourselves, okay. Of course, of course, we advertise. We did, but 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 when I went to, a, I'm going to tell you two stories, and not too many more. When I went to a sale one day, yeah, there was a chain. There was a chain store in South Africa called Publix. They probably took the name that was in America, Publix. There were other chains, and they were going out of business. They were selling. They were selling. Those days, I'm talking about. Oh my God, 1950, even before. On the there was a famous hotel in South Africa called Carlton Hotel. I remember the main shopping street, the main shopping street. And on the Christmas day, the Yorkshire Christmas day, I'm not being, I apologize for that comment. I should make it. They had on the parapet of, 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 of Illoff Street, on the parapet of, of yeah. the hotel, Colton, it was called the Colton Hotel. Remember. And they had publics, they had a public shop around the corner, Market Street and Illoff Street. And they had, they had two dummies, rolling mechanical dummies, singing Christmas kettles, Christmas kettles. Anyway, so I go to the sale one day, public's closed up, I go to the sale, I see in a corner, see these two big dummies. I've got no idea what I'm going to do with them. So I bit a bit for it. I got it, I think, for 12 pounds or whatever the number was. Yeah. I said, what? But I plugged it, I plugged it into a mud and it was working. The dummies were rocking <laughs> there. So we, so we took those two dummies and we put them in the window of our, the chemist shop we had in, in, in the 68 North Street. We put it in. And you cannot believe these two dummies waltzing in the wind. <laughs> the street was closed you couldn't pass through and the traffic eventually made us close it so what do i do now i think it's a great uh, it's a great opener to, to attract a uh, market so what did i bought a volkswagen van and we mounted it on the volkswagen van Brilliant. and we created we, we created young 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 black people to wear a white suit and become like a like a chemist and we loaded them with so we went to the township with this motor car company. wherever we went every township Pick a shot, we'd stay, stay out there and we'd play these two dummies and draw That's all fantastic. the people. So, yeah, and then we'd also give out samples. And it, 
And, and that was one of the marketing tools that made a difference. But so, so the point I'm trying to say is sometimes you must be have innovative marketing ideas. Out of the box. Think out of the box. Yeah. But it was amazing how we came up with that idea also. But also at the same time, we had a little chemical. We we'd go to the concession stores. And very few people could sell a product to a concession store on the mines on payday. But because I put a, we put a stand outside the concession store, we trained this black with, with the salesman with a white coat, and we would give the uh, consumer we'd give him fifty percent of the takings as long as so he can be there marketing, and that became a huge success also because it was marketing products on a different basis. So, so that was so I'm talking about the early days. But let me tell you also about an auction sale that was famous in South African history. Okay. Uh, one day, one in South Africa there was a uh, there was a there was an Italian guy that was employed by, uh, indirectly, the Southern government. There was, at those days, I'm talking about 1952, 53 already. Okay. Uh, those days, South Africa was being banned to, to, being in, to import uh, oil. I remember. So we were blacklisted. You were blacklisted oil. So they, 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 engaged, they engaged two guys. One was Taki Zinopoulos and, uh, and, and uh, the guy, the Italian guy, I'll, I'll mention it to you just now if I remember. Sure. And, they met, and he, was, he was breaking the circle by importing, importing the oil. So, so and then, but, but, but he lived in this place called Summer Place. So he, wants to, he, he, was, he was going around the arms, the, the embargo, the oil embargo? Yeah. Yeah, he was bringing in valuable oil to South Africa. And he, and he, he was housed in a place called Summer Place. Uh, and, but it was a whole myth about him. He, was, he didn't like girls. But he didn't like it. But he, he should entertain a lot of beauty stars and everything. I'd okay. never been there. It was, it was, it was a myth about summer place. It's an incredible place. It's gorgeous. Was, you, could, you, you could land. You could land an airplane or a, a helicopter. But he was famous. But he made a wrong move in in in, in buying oil. He took a wrong gamble on the oil. And the oil killed him, and he went bankrupt. Oh wow! He went bankrupt, and within a, a year after that, he died. Then there was Wait. auction stuff. So I, I've got a few, I've got a phone called some famous estates. Mr. Crock, do you want to buy this? Summer place. Buy this. So I said, yeah, summer place, a, a, a big mansion in Cape Town and another property in the same road as summer place. Run value. They wanted 25 million rand. So I said, now I'll offer you 18 million rand. No, we can't do it. I forgot about it. One day I pick up the newspaper. I pick up the newspaper. And this is, I'm talking about 1994 now. I pick up the newspaper. And I see summer places for sale. The agents were auctioning it out. So I dropped everything I was doing. I don't tell my twin brother a thing. I don't tell anybody. And I go to the auction. I'm sitting next to a lawyer now since passed away and a whole lot of people. And the auctioner gets up. The auctioner gets up and he says, we're going to do this auction sale in, two, in three parts. Yep. Part one, we're going to sell the empty stand adjacent to the property, the built-up property. Then we're going to sell the property itself with the property. With it. Then we're going to sell the combined two. So I said to myself, I must be stupid if I'm going to bid. I'm going to know what the values of each. Anyway, yeah. But also also coming to this auction was three guys that were representing an Arab buyer. Okay. With a black hat. Yeah. But they came, with, they came with the first computer. It was as big as a television set with a big area <laughs> with a Batman carrying the <laughs> So I'm sitting next to a lawyer and a lot of people next to me. They start bidding. The, the people behind me, they bid for the, for the ground. It's knocked down to them for about 2 million rand at the time. And the excitement of those people. So I laughed at myself. I said, you don't know the value. How can you? Well, well yeah, exactly. Then, we, we was the, there wasn't appraised. 
how, how did they know? Now it was an it was an auction, a, a cattle okay, auction. Was, no. Okay, so it's a blind auction. Let me, let, me, yeah, let me just go back. The auctioneer was Powell from Cape Town, and he said, "This is this is what's happened. These are the terms what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to auction each piece. Then we're going to auction the aggregate of it." Got so it. I said, and and then and then it'll take two or two, two or three more weeks before the the trustees of the estate will will, will agree it, and we'll still want to have to uh, to up the or up to up the value also. Okay. So the buyer must beware. Anyway, so we get there, and they start bidding. The, the, the house goes. I mean, the ground goes. Then they built for the house. Now that went for about three million odd, which is a total of five million. And I see these okay. other people with this black hats representing. Dubai Buddhas <laughs> okay. with this big television screen co- communicating with Dubai. And I see that. Then they auctioned up the two properties, one unit. And that came to about five million. And I see they start, I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm keeping yeah. my mouth shut. I want to see it. The lawyer next to me is representing, he's now passed on. And then he bids and he stops bidding. Then these, these, these guys from Dubai start bidding, but I can see it's getting lower and lower the value. It's getting lower. Well, it's not, it's not getting into agri what they're thinking. So I start chipping in with 100,000 rand, and I go up to 6 million, 6, 1, 6, 2, and I see everybody like dies. And eventually it's knocked down to me for about 6.4, if I remember. Mm. Unbelievable. And all, all hell breaks because it was a very popular oh, piece uh, the ground and everything. And the landmark. And all that. Yeah. And I, I can't even get there. And they said, are you, you on the way to the furniture? No, I'm going to go and tell my twin brother. <laughs> I, couldn't get, I couldn't get out of the premises. There were about 20 reporters with with microphones putting in my ear. I'm sure. Uh, 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 it is history, I remember. Phones, yeah, we, we, we were very close to Mandela. I don't get it. And remember. he finds me, Solly, Solly, 20 used to call me, please, please give it to us for the answer. I said, well, I've just bought it. Give me a break. <laughs> then, uh, the, the famous uh, Harry Oppenheimer calls me also. Yeah, to see me. Yeah, gentleman of a man. Yeah, Harry was very refined. Yeah. Uh, I said, well, we bought it. We're going to do business. We're going to see what we're going to do with it. Might be converted to convention, whatever. And I wasn't quite clear what we were going to do with it. Anyway, so I, 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 I get up and I get home. I go out to my office. We had offices in front My brother says, I've heard all of that. It's been on the radio in the front page. I use it. Because I said, well, you want to be a partner? He says, of course I'm a partner. With you. So I made, him, I made him a partner with you. So what is the lesson I want to learn from that? Yeah. So, so I put it. Now, it, so I get calls from the rest of South Africa. It was the biggest, highest paid property for a residential property. In those days, sure. There. Yeah, hang on. No, sorry, I didn't finish the story yet. So now I've got to wait for another three weeks before they would title get the, with the trust. The trustee, yeah. because they were searching for other buyers. I get a call three weeks later. First of all, okay, I don't want to get someone to say, three weeks I get a call. Yeah. Mr. Croc, there's a worksman, attorney from Worksman, now lives somewhere in Australia. I'm talking about 30 years ago now. Uh, Solly, we've had a bid. We think it's Santam. We think it's Santam or Sunland. And there was a, a Hoffmeyer's with the lawyers. And they want, they've been had a bid for 12.6 million. I said, that's highway <laughs> robbery. I got it for, I got it for, I think I told you at the end, I got it for that. 6 point something. 6.4. I said, that's highway. I'm screaming. Solly Croc, you got till five o'clock Friday afternoon, five o'clock if you want to make a counter bid. One of the conditions was that I could always add another rand, yeah. and, the, and the, 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 the bidder can out me. 
So why, 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 just to understand, why was the final bid and the final acceptance at the auction wasn't a done deal? Because they had three weeks before the trustees... They had three weeks to right. find another buyer. Got it. And they could offer it to other people. But, but, but the winning bid had the last chance always to add them. Okay, so anyway, you had the right to first Yeah, so Friday, it comes Friday at five o'clock. Now I've got to make a decision. I don't talk to my brother. I talk to nobody. I said, okay, I said to you, okay, add another hundred rand. Yeah. Add another hundred. Thinking I'm going to lose it. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. I get a call back, I think it was Monday morning. Solly Crock, you've won the bid. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and the client, the client with, this is what he said, we don't want to play ping pong with Solly Crock because I could go up and they can go up another hundred grand. Yeah, you so can carry on. Down to me. Yeah. Then now yeah, we had to maximize the, the summer play. So we turned it into the convention center. It became a famous convention center. It was Africa. gorgeous. I was there. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that story. So I think, I think I've told you two stories now. Okay, tell me what the lesson is that you think that we should extrapolate from the summer place uh, ping pong tournament. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, let me tell you, I, I was inbuilt in me to go to auctions. My late father also went to auctions. Those days in South Africa, Wednesdays, you close your shop at, half, uh, at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock. And my father used to go to the town, to, to the wholesalers, the buyers used to go with him and everything. And the, the lesson I learned then was, you, you've got to believe in, in auctions. If you, if you want the value, but I had a bad habit, I wanted to win, so I would overpay. My dad That's buys a parcel one day, they deliver him the shoes, all the shoes were left, left, left shoes. <laughs> Somebody had done it. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, get the, I get the auction and, and all hell breaks loose in South Africa. How can you overpay? You, you upset, the, you upset the, the property market, you're crazy what you've done. No, How can you do this? 25 years later, the properties were over 250,000 rand. Unbelievable. From 12,000, from 12,000, I paid originally. Jeez. So, so that's, okay. Look, I'm not saying that you have to be a gambler. I no, don't I'm know sure. what I smelled. I don't know why I did it. But then when we turned into a successful conference center, wedding center, it's become quite, of course, in lockdown period, it was, it was the family still out control. That in, in lockdown period, there was no business for two, two three years. But, but I'm anyway, also saying so, it's courage and confidence and belief and not necessarily, you know, Someone once taught me, if you follow the herd, you'll only get as far as the herd. Yeah. But I must tell you, I was very cautious with business deals, especially but when, I, when we made this incredible success story and we floated the company, yeah. I ran into supermarkets stupidly. I did other things. Okay, one of the great other things that we did that I did in my later life was South African had a, wanted birds for the casino licenses. Yeah. They, did, they, they, they did. But I, I was also smart to say, what happened in that period just before they opened it up? A lot of young young entrepreneurs were bringing one one arm bandits into South Africa. Yeah. Place in the place. So I'm gonna call one day. We, now we I haven't gone into one arm bandits for America. It's the slot machines. Yeah, I haven't, so I haven't told you that how we bought Goldrift City, but okay, let me just finish. We we controlled Goldrift City. Also, it's another story. Uh, Goldrift City was a, 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 a based on a mining town. The, yeah, the whole history uh, of it. Similar. So yeah. So uh, what? Hang on. What was I saying? Oh, no, 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 let me tell you about Goldust. Okay, let me tell you about One it. second. What you were talking about was, I think the lesson which, which is very important is that you said the, some of the mistakes that you made is that maybe you lost your focus and you started getting involved in some yeah. things that lost. Okay. okay. Well, this was a success story, this one. It led to the casino. Anyway, so I had a partner those days, um, Ben Skirter. He built a lot of, he built a lot of uh, uh, machines that used to go to the showgrounds and the yeah. uh, uh, amusement park machines on his own, and became a part of 50-50 partner with him. So it was incredible. So when, so when the um, Gullif City was built, we weren't involved in that at all at the time. Yeah, in the beginning. Uh, uh, the, the breweries owned it, and there was a hotel into it also, and they just couldn't make it pay. 
because they had dozens of ideas. So I, I, I spoke to S.A. Bruce and, other, and we took control over it. I don't remember how much we paid. And I brought it. My partner immediately closes all the loose, loose. He doesn't stay open 24 hours. He doesn't believe in fancy. He closes. Within three months, we make a profit out of it. And, and because of Gold Reef, because of the, the, the resort called Gold Reef City, we then bid it for the, for the, for the um, uh, license to have a casino. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, hang on. now I remember so clearly people that used to bring in the machines, illicitly, they could never get a license. What made me refuse to ever, what made me to be so honest? I said, I don't want the machines. I'm going to bid for the license. And, and I'm just, I, I, I can't answer why I always said that. I wasn't greedy. I said to myself, you know what? I'm sure that if I have an illegal, legal thing contravening the, the, the gambling laws, I'll be, I'll be disqualified. It's exactly what happened. They disqualified a whole lot of people. And now I've got, now I've got Gallery City. So eventually we bid, bid it for, and we were awarded the license. We were we a whole lot of other casinos. And that was an incredible success. Later in life, for other reasons, we sold out to the, to the Southern subgroup that uh, uh, license. But, the, but the, the story, I think I'm to, I'm to, I'm to say here, Sometimes you must have enough honesty, not to, not to break a law. If it's if it's not if it's, it's stupid, I cannot believe. I, I, no. I, honestly, I don't know why I said I'm not bringing in machines. Because Gallery City itself, the thing was a huge attraction. You get a huge attraction every week. But it's a met- rides and yeah, you probably remember, were you around when I yeah I remember. I God, yeah, but at the but it's the important lesson of always take the high road, not to take shortcuts because it'll come come back and haunt you. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I was clever or not, but I remember saying, no, I had dozens of people. Can we put machines in Galus? I said, no, you can't. <laughs> I knew I was going to bid, and then of course the bid it was a was a major job getting it eventually, but eventually we got the last. Amazing. So and then what happened? Yeah. So it's two, yes, two, so from, two topics I, I wanted for sure. No, touch let, me, let me just finish. Wrap, okay, uh, wrap up that part. Finish. Sure. But to, let me just finish. Let me just finish about, about the license. So okay. why were we awarded a, a casino license, which was hard to get, although they gave 40 out to the country. The, the main reason why we got the license was we offered something in the, in the bid and we offered the apartheid museum. It wasn't called the apartheid museum those days. It was called, we called the freedom park or something like that. And, 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 and that was done in a way to bring tourists. Because I said to, I said to, I said, it sounds stupid. A casino is not going to bring tourists, but somehow I cottoned onto the idea. And we said, so we, we bid it for the license, but with the promise of, of an apartheid museum to show the world, how the Brilliant. world, how, 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 how the South Africans treated, how the South Africans treated blacks and all that. Extremely that, powerful. And, I was there. Yeah. And the apartheid museum has become a famous struggle machine. I call it struggle museum in the whole world. But let me just tell you another point about it. So now, now I appoint a great architect to do it. And then I had a lot of trouble because you had to have black partners also, this BE nonsense. Yep. yep. And, uh, and I get black partners. I got Rothschild because I pointed out nothing happened with some of the management team. And you had to have, so I, I, go, I go to Washington. While we were planning the building of the whole thing, and we had to build it at a certain time. So I, 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 I'm in Washington. I said, you know what? Let me go and see the, the Holocaust Museum in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Very famous. So I go there and I said, oh, my God. I said, oh, my God. Sorry, your whole theme that you, that you um, promised the, um, the government that you did. I went back in the East. I said, no, all I'm going to do is show how apartheid colonized and, and treated blacks wrong. And I'm going to use that as a theme, not the history of South Africa, come the solution sure. and, 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 and the causes and the causes and the, so, so 
because we, we figured we, we, what we did was we paid respect to the to the genuine parts, but didn't bother about the history. All we all the whole thing was how how we overcame apartheid. Apartheid. That Did was you, my whole thing on the how we came, what, and it, what we could do, and, and, and that and resonated. Also, yeah, and then building the apartheid museum made a whole difference because once we had that was stuck. So they, so I remember Mbeki. I was very close to all the Mbeki. was in primary. So Sorry, please give it to us. I said, I said, yeah, why? Give me extra money. We invested. It's a hell of a lot of money. It's a gorgeous museum. You know, hundred million, more than that. It was a lot of money those days. And I said, don't build a freedom park. The one you want, they want to build. Take this. And now they don't. So I said, okay, I'll keep it. And that was a great, a great spin of money for, for, the, for the family. Brilliant. So we owned it. Afterwards, we sold it for other reasons. Yeah. It, it was, but I, I just think that the honest, the point I'm trying to make, and the main honesty, I Integrity. rejected looking to make short money by allowing machines to come into the, into the Galway City Traffic. That's a lot of high traffic. Uh, uh, I think uh, I've I, I think I've given enough lessons right now. I need no, no, to yeah, charge royalties. Uh, I'm going to charge <laughs> Okay, so the, he has two points that are on my notes, and I'm speaking to the production team that we. I want to for sure we believe is interesting to our listeners. Two points. One, I'm speaking to a guy who's 92 years young, and I want to get your thoughts on. You know, obviously everyone wants to have your vitality and your longevity, so it would be. The proverbial elephant in the room. If we didn't speak about, I want to know. bless every. I to bless all the viewers. They should reach to my age at ninety-two and be as agile, as as healthy. Please God, and mentally alert. I'm main. I'm main. I'm, I'm, I'm talking without notes right now. Not a setback. No, I know that, Charlie, but I know how genuine you are. So here's the, the. I want to pivot briefly because this is going to be part of me reaching out to people and discussing the initiative that you develop in South Africa which at the end of the day, I believe is focused on alleviating Africa. Um, can you give us just an overview of the essence okay, of the, panel, the, the panel discussion okay. this morning? And then what I'll yeah, do, then, then, and we'll, because we can have to speak, we always speak to an American audience is. Okay. Okay. Let, 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 me, let me come back to it. Okay, let sure. me come back to it. Uh, at the start of the COVID problem, um, I, was, I was speaking to Adrian Gore, who's a founder of Discovery and an incredible operator around the was world. That, was that school with me? Yeah, 58 years. It's about similar age as yours. Okay. Sure. So I said to him, you know what's worrying me, Adrian? What happens when we find a, a cure for COVID and or we find a, a vaccine? Those days, I'm talking about April 2021. There was, he said, Solly, you're turning 91 on the 28th of May. Why don't you walk 91 kilometers to show the world? I said, are you? Crazy. I said, I've never walked in my life. I've never exercised. Uh, uh, and I had, a, I had a bad knee. I was butchered by a Mr. Stewart. Those days, doctors, surgeons that were qualified in England were called Mr. Yeah. I, I, I collapsed on the soccer field. My, my left knee, I collapsed on the soccer field. And I was, I was a promising soccer player. I went to the hospital at this Mr. Stewart, butchered my knee. And my knee was, my knee actually Crocked me, <laughs> crock in the South African language means a, a broken motor car. <laughs> anyway, so, so I was crocked. And then eventually I played a bit of hockey. I just strap up my foot. And then uh, uh, the Dr. Vardy said to me, good few years later, he said, Solly, when you turn in the middle 70s, you're going to be in a wheelchair. You're going to be in a wheelchair. Not only have I not been in the wheelchair, I've even been touching my toes like I witnessed this morning. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm touching my toes. And I, 
and I'm and thank God. Look, what I have, what, of course, what was my love, my twin brother that I was close to, like two peas in a pod. Oh, died I eight love years that. Ago. Yeah, my, my my wife died five years ago. Four of my siblings have passed on. I'm the, I'm the oldest and Jeez. I'm alive, and my younger sister's still alive. Now, what makes me have longevity? I don't know. Uh, uh, do, there must be something Hashem must be giving me. Maybe because, <laughs> like I told the audience this morning, when I was about 18 or 19, my, my, my father said to me, Manzun, I'll repeat what I said this morning. There's been clicklock, you're not in that Bible. I said, What do you mean, Daddy? He said, Yeah, you're lucky you weren't born a woman. I said, Why, Daddy? He says, Because you can't say no. So maybe I would have been the biggest could have been in the world or prostitute. But, so, but, but, but I do, when a person phones for help, I, I picture myself, because my dad used to say, rather you give than you knocking on doors asking. It was drummed into me by my mother all the time. My mother told me I used to bake, they used to bake bread in Russia to help the poor. So it was just naturally invoked in my, in my DNA that, that you've got to help people. And I don't know if that's given me longevity. If I should have me that way, I don't know. But but basically, so but I still wish everybody, every viewer that's listening to me tonight, that you have, that you reach the good old age of the nineties. And I can only say to you, but don't be disappointed. Only twenty percent of us reach nineties. Hundred percent. So okay, at this so stage of life, there's two th- things that I I think are vitally important. I ask one to all of our guests, but I want to I want to make this as practical as possible because I'm happy to say publicly there's. You, you left a huge impression on me and I, I feel that I, I have a debt of gratitude. Here's, here's, here's what I, I, I would say to you. If a genie came out of the bottle, money wasn't the issue. Uh, we were, we've got access to all the influencers, every single platform. And thankfully we have quite a, a um, an influential group of folks around us. What would be your dream of how we and our listeners can help, um, you know, help you in making this campaign a success and for, for us to be part of, I think, an incredible legacy in giving back. Well, well, I think that often in raising funds for charity or for a good cause, advertising and begging people on, the, on, on, on the TV campaigns and that is, is not, it's, not, it's, it's not a strong uh, yeah, it doesn't success work. story. You've got to phone up and phone people. When I start phoning people, I get money. I yeah. don't phone people, I yeah. get less yeah. money. But, but I think what we might want to do in this particular case sure. is, ask, is ask a million people to give me $18 minimum. And I'd rather have more people giving a, a, more people participating in that program than looking for the wealthy, wealthy people to give me a million. Very good point. But, but, but I do have some great people in America that I'm going to contact to see if I can pick up a hundred million dollars or much. But our target in this particular from for the United Kingdom and and and, and United States and Australia is to raise to try and raise six million dollars. Okay. And I, I, I it I might think... be half dollars. So, so but I need I need a PR marketing team to say eighteen dollars or more and, and create a campaign which flows from today's launch. Today was only a launch. The sixty right. days we got to sixty days to continue to encourage people to to exercise or come walk with Solly Crock. And I want children to say to their bobbers and their fathers and their, ch- and, and their mothers, please walk the, the most important component of a person's body. Most people even don't know that it's been proven in a lot of articles and that yeah. lot for longevity. Your strongest muscle, your strongest is your legs, not your brain or your heart. Because if, you, if your legs are strong, you'll carry your brain and your heart. So, you, so the point is, it's also been proven in, in American statistics that people that are not active and also those that retire early and they haven't got a cause 
or, or, or a project to keep them alive, a creative force or a combination, they die within three years. So, and I've also contacted a lot of people. Okay, I'll talk from a Jewish angle. Yeah. You don't have to be from to go to shul, Rabbi. You yeah. can go to shul, or you can go to church, or you can go to a temple, or you can go to a mosque. You network with people. Uh, networking is so valuable. 100%. I mean, I, I go, I go, because I make it a point again, it's also part of my routine to be active. Yeah. And it generates but, thought, and I generate the people ideas. I mean, look, I think I'm still young enough to talk to you, but this, so that's what I... Uh, you know, it's unbelievable. Have, 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 have you gone 45 minutes now? No, I tell you, here, here's, you, you're doing great, and I think that the... What I'm going to do is take the main life wisdom lessons and then we're going to tie it down to how we can help you because we've got a, some very influential listeners. And I'm going to end with what I end, um, before I end actually, how can people in America find out more about this? Is there a website? Is there a... Yeah, there's, there, there's websites there. There's a... We're using, we're using also, we've decided to use for America, England and Australia, not just have... The, the GoFundMe operation. GoFundMe okay. is, is very is very clever. Very effective. You you give a, you, you give a donation. That full donation, hundred percent, goes to the 100%. cause or to the beneficiary. All they ask for, if you want to donate a tip, and most people they've proved that they've proved that when they went away charging fifteen percent, like Chad and others do, that they didn't they've, they've earned more money. Than people giving a tip, but 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 mentally, you know that hundred yeah. percent of the money is going to the beneficiary of the cause. Okay, okay, so I want to make a yeah. I want to make one other. I, I can go on all night, but I better not. No, but I'll just on that note, just for our listeners and for um, our PR people, we're going to have um, we'll have access to the link, the GoFundMe link. So we're going to encourage people uh, to be part of the what we think is in a, a terrific, terrific yes, I, campaign. Yeah, what, what, what I think I'm going to suggest, I'm going to give you a lot of names. You can leave out. Sure. I want to create ambassadors and ambassadors. Then, then, then send out an appeal to their, to their database. They asked each of the database to, to go to five of their own. That way you can kill a nice. viral domino effect. Brilliant. And, Brilliant. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we, we, I'm not only because of it's you, but because of what you stand for, uh, we're going to help you in every single way we can, Sully, in terms of through our listeners, through our ambassadors, through our PR people, through our internet and through our um, social media um, contacts. Here's my final question. It's 90, your 93rd birthday. The cake comes out with uh, a number of, of candles. Around the table are some of the most important people in your life. The boom microphone is going around. The camera's rolling. What do you want people to say about you, Solly? You can't say no. I, I know you well enough to know. Let me say this, and, and uh, I think people know me well enough to say, I, I try to be very authentic and try and be very sincere. I've had also been blessed with a journey where I've met some of the most powerful people in the world, most influential people in the world. I, I, I would be hard pressed to say that I've met someone with a heart as big as yours, Sally. And you should be benched. You should be blessed. I, I think I'd be, I'd be blessed if people, if I've inspired a generation of young people to be givers and knowing that when 100%. you give, you receive. I think that's my motto. Brilliant. So it's a fantastic point, point, point to close. We live in the I generation, the I, I tune, I uh, everything. Um, the, the word that was in, that was included in the Oxford Dictionary a few, a few years ago was selfie. 
Soli stands for the antithesis. It's about giving. It's not about taking. Soli, an honor, a pleasure. We're going to get this podcast uploaded to uh, Spotify, to iTunes. We're going to hopefully galvanize our followers. I wish you Godspeed. We're going to speak very soon and continue success. Okay, was it recorded? Yes, everything's recorded. So will you send me back the recording, please? Uh, you're going to get the recording, uh, 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 get the edited version. You're going to have the whole thing. And can the production guys stay on the phone after this because I'm going to, we'll talk about the edits. You, the whole thing's going to be recorded. You're going to get the final version, Solly. There's photographs. You'll get the whole thing. And you'll, we, we're going to package this into a media kit. Okay, I, hope that, I hope some of my comments were acceptable. What we do, by the way, so that you feel comfortable, we take some of your quotes and we blow them up. And, and that's one thing. And then two, we tie your legacy to this campaign. We've got some live quotes of yours. And then we're going to drive our viewers to the, the GoFundMe campaign. It's, this is the way America's all about viral. And, that's, and we know how the game's played. Uh, okay. Actually, so you've got a target. Otherwise, Six million. You might, you might have to make good the shortfall. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Six million is more than doable. More than doable. I'm... I'm Play. Let me just mention also that you can mention sure. what we did. This what we did today was the launch. Just the launch. Because of my 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 so-called coach Barney Gordon. Yeah. He turned he turned ninety nine on the seventh of September, the first day of Australia. Dies dies four days <laughs> later. And I, I sent the photographer to him on on Thursday, the week before Thursday, I said, to, to photograph him wearing the keep the wolf from the door share the white shirt to put in the address. Then I said. Also, he'll take you, show you, show me how you can touch your toes 90, 99 times. He says, sorry, I just did it. Just I said, okay, we'll do it next week. You know what happened? Next, next week, week never came. Never next came. So the lesson is don't put leave, leave an important, important decision for next week. Try and do it immediately. Brilliant. Well, you know what? You didn't get Barney Gordon, but you got Anthony Gordon. Well, <laughs> same name. <laughs> sorry, God bless. Gordon, Okay. Thanks. Well, thank you a million. Thank, thanks okay, for giving I'm me gonna, office. Yeah, of course. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a little thing before Shabbos to tell you what we um, But I'm on board and I'm committed and we're going to help with every single way we can. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you very much, young man. Pleasure. Thanks. Cheers, Sully. Thank you. Keep well. Keep well. Regards oh, yes. to everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.